just I just just speak my peace my peace what's good everybody welcome to all in the second thought of episode 74 of the speak my peace podcast to give you all a little refresher because some of you may not remember considering there has only been one installment the on a second thought was kind of a sub episode um implement of the speak my peace podcast that i created just as a result of me um Feeling the need to to further elaborate on topics, uh, to correct things I may have said in, in in the in the previous episode, or to um, provide a a secondhand account, or to play devil's advocate of of um, some thoughts or some ideas I may have bounced off in the previous episode, and so that is why I'm here for episode seventy four on the second thought is because um, I felt like I touched upon a. a, a Many of great topics um, from a lot of great perspectives, but I think one downfall in that previous episode was um, I focused a lot on the uh, sibling aspect just because of my personal reasons um, of the after effects of gun violence and where the the after effects of, of victims of gun violence, even suspected gun violence, is more broader than just siblings dealing with the after effects of that. Um, I think we got to think about the family in a more broad sense, we have to think about the parents. Um, in a in a specific sense, we have to think about the 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 siblings as well. Um, and then even on the on the suspect side, we have to think about the family. And, and then, as an even more broader from everybody's perspective in our community, we have to think about the me- mental aspects. Um, every single one of those point of views are very uh, in- introspective and very important. And in, in the conversation about the after effects and and what gun violence um, is doing to continue to tear down our community. And I think those are very important conversations that we have to have and continue to be vocal about. Um, And I think one of the main reasons that, you know, we're not so vocal about it is because for one, we're very desensitized to gun violence. We're very desensitized to death and murder. Um, just because in in certain communities it, it happens so often that it's just like another it's just like a every other day thing to where it's something that you learn to adapt and grow with and and it shouldn't be that way but that is the way we are. Um, I know for me personally, like my my first brush, my first experience with gun violence was one of my cousins uh, being murdered not too far away from my home, like around the corner from my home. And me being, you know, I was a young kid. I think it was like five or six years old. Um, I don't think I was, I might have been, yeah, I was six. Um, yeah, I had to have been six. Um, I was six years old. And um, at that point in my life, I still didn't have a full grip, a full concept of what life was as far as like the meaning of life and death and people not coming back and, and everything like that. Like, obviously, I knew what life was. I had a conscience. Um, but I didn't really understand the after effects and what it did to everybody. I remember that night and I remember the, you know, seeing his mother and seeing his cousins and seeing his great, great grandparents and seeing how, like when that news broke, when everybody found out what that did, but I don't, I, I, I don't remember how that made me feel. Um, and, and, and it's very important because, you know, like I said, I, I, I don't remember my personal feelings, but I remember like seeing everyone else react to it. I remember, you know, you know, they having a candlelight visual and, and me and my big brother, uh, 
being left back at home while all the adults were like at that candlelight vigil. Um, I think for one, that was important. The just the decision of my mom, you know, not bringing us along was important because for one, probably being exposed to that, we, we were already exposed to that. But just like being in that instance and being outside and seeing that type of things, it was like definitely probably a great shield. And I don't know if this was a conscious decision that was made by my mom to not bring us along with her, but it was definitely great. But it was like it's, it's something that we couldn't escape anyways, because where he was killed and where the candlelight visual set up, it was like a path that we had to take in order to get to school. So it was like we passed by it every morning either way. Like I, I didn't know if that was the specific spot, but. You know, I was smart enough as a kid to put two and two together to see that, okay, you know, all these people left the house this last night. My cousin got killed and I see a bunch of candles and I see a bunch of bears and flowers and stuff at this one spot. This had to have been a spot because the day before, you know, the things were not here. So I, I compartmentalized and remember that thing and going forward in the rest of my life. Like even still to this day, I still think about it. Um, I still I still past that place to where i remember those those candles and those bears and those in those um flowers being because i remember that place visually but i still pass that pace place every day like um, a couple episodes ago i was telling you all about how i started going to a um black owned car wash back home that car wash is literally probably less than 100 feet from where my cousin was murdered and so i think about that all the time um and and that's that's something that we don't think about just how us being desensitized to murder because of we see it so often is is it definitely takes a mental toll on us. Um, moving and operating through neighborhoods and communities to where you know that your life can be taken if you look at someone the wrong way, you had the wrong conversation with someone, you have a disagreement with someone. That also takes a mental toll on people because now you have this defense of where you have to appear a certain way just in order to survive. And, you know, growing up in places like that, we all it's like second nature to adapt that kind of cloak. Um, And by cloak, I mean by cloak, I mean, just like being able to adapt and, and understand, you know, how to react in certain ways and knowing where you're at and knowing and having awareness of the people you're around and the people that you may not know. And just in certain things like that, there's like all these type of things, it, it takes a mental burden on us and we don't realize because it's an everyday thing for us, but it definitely weighs down on us. Um, I know a lot of people who grew up in, in these, in these neighborhoods where gun violence happen occur often, you know, it's certain things we pick up on, like, you know, going to restaurants, um, being able to see the door, being able to see the exit, like that is something that is just second nature. But it's like that survival mentality that that you've picked up or that you've learned along from other people who, um, who've also been in situations um, and tried to help you prevent things like that. Um, being outside and and having to know every car or or having being able to look every person who is driving a car past you in the eye is also some is is one of those defense mechanisms but it's also something that that weighs on you like you're you're constantly on defense and when you're constantly on defense your your mind becomes restless like if you're spending your whole life um dealing with things like that it 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 takes a mental toll on you because it's like your mind is is it 
you never give your mind a time for rest. And just like your body, your mind is like a machine. And your mind has to have that time to rest, that time to relax, that time to be put at ease. And if you're never, ever able to put your mind at ease, it could drive you crazy. And so that's just the mental aspect of what it does to us being members of communities to where things like this happen often, but also being, you know, relatives and being siblings and being parents and being uh, whatever, being friends of people who lost their lives um, to gun violence is like you're constantly trying to prevent, trying to prevent that from happening to you. And no matter what, no matter how much you prepare, no one can no one can cheat death. No one can no one can outrace it or run a bullet. But you try to live your life and prevent these things as much as possible, because obviously the the, the goal here um, in this realm is to extend your life as 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 long as possible. So these are the type of things that we that we build. These are the type of things that we construct. These are the type of things that we instill within ourselves and the people around us to ensure longevity longevity in this here realm. Um in in in, in the flesh. And so that's that's one aspect of it. Uh just the mental and that's not even all of the mental aspect, but that's just things that that I know personally and things that I've seen. Um also dealing with just like the broader broad thing of of parents or what it does that parents like taking the life of of a of a young black man or woman it 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 causes uh, a heavy burden on on parents as well as like that thing of parents bearing their children is is something that no one wants to go through and then having to do that and then having to, especially if, if you're a, a parent to, and I can't speak for parents. I can only speak from what I believe I know. I'm not a parent, so I, I, I haven't been in those shoes before. But I can imagine being a parent to an only child and then losing that only child to something that senseless as gun violence. Um, it It definitely takes a toll on you because it's just like, I can imagine children being the purpose of, of, of parents waking up and, 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 and thriving and, and going on every day. And so when that thing is taken away, it's like you have to find a replacement for that. And you never find a replacement for it because you can't replace a person with anything tangible or, or intangible. You can't replace a person with another person because every respective person has a unique relationship with you. Um, parents with multiple children. And now you like you know you're you're able to find that joy in in your other children, um, but nothing can make up because everybody have unique characteristics um, in how they relate to you. And so that's that's one thing. Um, what is another thing I was speaking about? I spoke about the mental, the parents, and then even on the victim and the the suspect side. Um, the same thing with family. Um, on the suspect side, it's like you've you've done this senseless the census act for what reason we may not know and now you're causing a heavier burden on your family now your family has to worry about retaliation um now your family has to worry about um financial hardships now your family has to worry about your safety because because of actions you made um even going back into the before i even get into this going back into the mental thing just something personal is like Gun violence, losing someone to gun violence, it and I'm speaking from a personal perspective, it enrages you so much 
that you want retaliation. Just like if if you was to get beat up or your friend was to get beat up, you will want retaliation. That's not gun violence, but it's still violence. It's still harmful to someone you may love. And so I remember me finding out about my little brother and I remember the thoughts that 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 went through my head. And I'm not going to expound upon them on this podcast or on this episode. But I remember just not being in, in a great place mentally. I remember the things that I wanted to do and the things that I wanted to carry out and the things I wanted to find out so that I could carry them out. And I thank God that a couple of months before my brother was murdered, my car got repossessed because I couldn't I couldn't uh, carry out whatever thoughts were in my head. But this happens often. People want revenge. People want retaliation. And as a result of of harm being brought up amongst or upon someone that they may love um and that's just not even gun violence that's violence period this that's that's just the way of of human nature if someone you know hits your sister and your sister was hurt you want retaliation if someone hits your brother your brother is hurt you want retaliation the same thing with your mother same thing with your cousins that's just the way it is so just imagine how imagine mentally what gun violence does to us and then getting back into the the aspect of the suspect family, it's like you've done this 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 senseless crime. You've you've taken someone's life for whatever reason. It doesn't matter because it, it's never it's it, mentally it's never uh, a a justifiable um, decision. But we have to think about what it does to families. Like I, for for. Many years, you know, even on this podcast, I've been I've, I've, I've spoken about just my upbringing and my experience of of being a child of someone who lost many years to, to the system. Um, and it wasn't for violence crimes, even though it was it, it doesn't matter. But the fact of the matter is for a substantial amount of my life, I've lost a parent to the system. And now I am able I am I'm stuck here with not say stuck because that sounds like a. A bad thing to say um but now i'm here with one parent physically and that takes a toll on the entire family it's like that that took a toll on me that took a toll on my siblings so i can imagine the thing that people are going and and i thank god every day you know that 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 my father is here now but i can imagine what children of of people who, who are doing football numbers I can imagine what they are going through. I can imagine. I can't imagine what those relationships are like because it, it, it's hurtful. I, I know what um, what grandchildren and children being locked away in prison does to parents and, and grandparents and siblings because I've seen that on the forefront of 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 just the hardship that they go through with you know not them not being there for for holidays like Thanksgiving uh being there for Christmas them not being there to celebrate New Year's or them not being there to celebrate their birthdays year and year um I've seen the the emotional toll that that takes on uh people and we and I'm just speaking from a black family perspective um we what i see in my family is like we have a lot of of strong willed um well composed women in my family so as a result of everything i'm speaking about and and losing many people in my family to, to to prison for a substantial amount of years 
these women, you know, on the outside were able to to hold up strong and, and stay strong for them and support them and things like that. But every family is not that way. And those type of things cause a lot of deteriorating within families because of the toll, the mental toll it takes on people. And then that further that further affects or affects the family. And so we have to think about just the consequences of our actions. Um I know obviously when you when you carry out a a, a a act like this, you don't you're not you know the consequences doesn't really matter because you, you feel like you have to carry out something like that and, and that's that. And I'm also I have to be transparent because I'm speaking from the perspective of someone who knows many people who've been in those positions, uh many people who who have who have gotten away with things like that. Um many of those people who, who have done it are people that I've told I love you often, people who who are related to me, people who are in my family. So I have to be transparent in that. But um I also had to to understand uh, the effects of what it is causing. I have to understand that that's a road that I have to try to derail myself from ever going down. That's a road that if if I can ever cause have an effect on the next generation, prevent them from going down that road and and try to further help them. Um, Further help them deal with uh, egregious actions, or further prevent egregious actions, because we can't continue to to give up our young men and women um, to these these prison systems. Like we're we're fighting against so much in this world. And I spoke about it a lot in, in the episode seventy four. We're fighting against racism. Um, we're fighting against oppression. We fight against financial hardships. We fight against uh, being put and 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 placed and and subjected and restricted to underprivileged communities. Um, and then we're fighting against the prison system. We know that the school to prison pipeline is something that that is 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 real. Something that the disciplinary the dis, blah 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 the disciplinary actions with that that are instilled or are that happens within grade school and through high school are set up to place us in these prison populations um to further contribute to this the the these systems um and so while we're fighting against all these things we have to continue to build up our communities and build up our youth to prevent these things um if if the prison systems want you know to to continue to uh build up the the population within the prisons they had to look elsewhere our our communities can no longer be the the um our communities can no longer be the the places our communities can no longer be the uh the draft pools for these things if they want cheap labor if they want um all these things that 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 continue that the, the reason why the the, the, the prison population is, is kept so high, um, they have to look elsewhere. Isn't we have to we have to tell ourselves no longer are we going to be the draft pool for these systems. And, and in my closing statements here and this and this on the second thought is that we have to take it upon ourselves, especially amongst black men. Um, but even people of color, period, black, Latin, X, whatever the case may be, um, we have to make it upon ourselves to get more involved with mentor programs of, of 
children in those communities. Whether we come from those communities or not, we have to, we know what they're up against and we know what we fought against, especially as being adults. We know whether we're accomplished or still in a process or of, of, of attaining our goal. We have to understand the the evils that are up against them and we have to help them we have to help equip them with tools to navigate through this life as much as possible um because we know what they're up against and that's my closing statement for this episode is that we have to take it upon ourselves we have to make it a, a goal not even a goal we have to make it um what is the word i'm looking for i don't know why i can't find a word we have to make it a a a um objective it's not objective it's not goal i don't know why i can't think of the word i'm trying to talk through it so it comes to my head as i'm talking but it's still not it's still not coming up um it has to be mandatory that's what i'm gonna say it just has to be mandatory that um at least once a year we have to instill our some type of our or become it should be our duty that's what i'm looking for damn um it should be our duty to mentor at least one kid from from communities that are underprivileged a year just to try to help prevent um this continuous system of the school to prison pipeline uh, to keep our kids out of it um to keep our youth out of it and to keep our people out of it um even further than that so that we can continue to help and mold the minds of these young kids so that they're not doing uh and i'm not subjecting this i'm not this is not specific to and i'm saying young kids um the reason why i'm focusing on the youth is so that we can prevent it for the future but it's not just young kids carrying out acts like this it's grown men carrying out senses acts like this as well um but for the sake of me speaking about the youth is that in order for us to change the future we have to start from the bottom to where we can help change or guide or mold these uh these mindsets that's really all, all I have for you all. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to re- release another episode between here and Thanksgiving. But if I don't, I hope that you all enjoy your Thanksgiving, uh, wh- whether you're with family or not. Uh, just be safe. Just 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 definitely be safe. Um, and that's that's really all I have for you all. Uh, before I'm going to give you all since I didn't give you all two in the previous episode, I'm going to give you all one this week. So my best kept secret for this week is bending the butcher trade it all. Once again, my best kept secret for this week is bending the butcher trade at all. Um, that's the Speak My Peace podcast on Second Thought, episode 74. You have a good week. I'm out. Yeah. I'm a product of the block I lived in the pock, Nazis and bigs for raw. Took my door across the George Washington Bridge. I was pulled for more shocked. Had a Lord watching us live off a pure rock, nigga. I put a fort knocks in my crib. I was the one they overlooked. Now a nigga overbooked. Got them haters disappointed, like when a soda overcooked. More money, more problems. Jealous niggas stowing looks. That's why every hundred bands I make my clip for a foot. So my story to the world. So everything God afford came from me losing my brother and all the pain I absorbed. I'm down soldiers. All the members of the gang got lost on this road to success. And yes, it came at a cost. So don't confuse what you hear. I put these shoes in my ear. Cause I wore the same pair, kicks to school for a year. Nigga, I traded all to get my niggas back. How real is that? Cause fuck it. We gon' grind together just to get it back. Hey, yo, life crazy, but shit gotta happen so other shit can happen.
Real talk. For the niggas in my position, take care of your daughters. No matter what they choose to do, they aware what you taught them. My kids took my advice cause I'm fair as a father My next deal, I need an office and shares of the market $2,000 kicks, that shit I wear on your carpet You ever fuck two best friends that share an apartment? If you pop out with that Mac, is you airing and talking? Cause whoever don't shoot first gon' be carrying coffins They put a mural on my face on a block I sold work on Never took a first off, got me shopping and bird off Came home from school, city showed me a tool His brother kept under the bed, right in the room Few years later, I married the game, I jumped the broom I walked away with wounds, it wasn't what I assumed These niggas don't stick to codes, these hoes don't stick to rules I live that life, but y'all only gangsta on iTunes I trade it all, get a cash back to Jews and a cause If it make you feel I'm different from y'all, come get the paintings off the wall My girl Benz, plus the one in the garage Plus to me, that material shit small, when they're coming out on my dogs before we learn to run, we had to crawl My day one's right here, standing tall So you can have it all If it mean I get my brother back tomorrow Shit, cause all I got left is the scars I still would trade it all 